Welcome to the Northview Christian Church Podcast, where our goal is to build people of excellence through the teaching of God's Word. We pray that today's teaching blesses you wherever you are listening. Dr. Ramsey started with a, a, a very powerful lesson last week. and It was so powerful that, that um, you know, sometimes you can tell God yes, and it, it will be something rather surface. You mean it, but you don't really know exactly what you're saying yes to, which we're going to talk about today. But, but he was, I had already told him yes, and, and I, I drove down. I'm currently residing in, in Atlanta or Georgia, and I drove down or up. I don't know which way. I, I come here. <laughs> and, 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 and when I heard the message, though, the message hit me uh, to such a degree that, that it really made me even dig deeper into my yes. Because if many of you, if you're old enough, you've experienced some times where you have said yes to some things, yes to some people, yes to some ideas, that you really didn't take the time to first count up the cost to what you were saying yes to. Is there anybody who can testify to say that maybe you have put your name on a dotted line saying yes, and then after everything had fallen through, you regretted it? Mm -hmm. How many of you know you, you learned the hard way? You can't co-sign for everybody. Listen, I love you, Pookie, but you bad. Your credit is bad for a reason. <laughs> Amen. And so, so I began to really delve into that and, 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 and it ministered to me. And, and as is my custom, if he teaches something, I'm not going to teach something different. I'm going to teach what he, you know, what he taught as I understood it and try to, you know, work with in the realm of what he laid out. No reason to reinvent the wheel. But what I realize is that oftentimes what gets us in trouble with our yes is that oftentimes we say yes before we actually count the cost. In other words, sometimes we can be so excited about a moment that in the moment, without thinking, we're just out of excitement. We say yes to this. Sometimes, now I'm an introvert, I'm very cautious about this, that you can ask me to go to something and I will, you know, I've had times, I've had times, Lord is delivering me, where I said yes, when really in my heart I was like, why did I? But here's the secret about introverts. I'm about, to, I'm about to give you a little lesson on introverts. Sometimes introverts, most time introverts, we don't want to go to what you're inviting us to. But we still want to be invited. Because <laughs> listen, we will get offended if we find out that you invited somebody, but you didn't invite me. But you didn't invite me because you knew I didn't want to go in the first place. But I, I ended up, that's not the point. I want the option to say no. <laughs> but oftentimes what, we, what happens is, is we get so excited in the moment and we say yes to something. We say yes to a situation that on the surface it seems like a good situation. But, but, but if you don't realize and if you don't grow into the maturity of understanding that sometimes you've got to give pause to a moment and you've got to go do some calculations. You've got to go back and say, now if I say yes to this, watch this, what is it going to cost me? Because I don't know if you've learned this yet or if you've realized this, but how many of you know that everything costs something? 
ain't nothing free. I don't care if they tell you it's free 99, ain't nothing free. You say, well, salvation is free. No, salvation was free to you and me because it came at the expense of Jesus. Grace is free, it's unmerited, it's unwarranted, it's undeserved. Grace is only free because it came to you at the expense of Jesus. In other words, the reason why your sin debt is paid for and you can walk freely in life is because Jesus paid the price for you. So ain't nothing free, somebody had to pay something. And so we have to really get into the place where we really start to understand that before I offer up my yes, I'm not saying that I'm going to say no, but for me to really offer up, watch this, a strong yes, a yes filled with integrity, a yes that is solid, a yes that is not wavering, a yes that is not yes tomorrow or yesterday and no tomorrow, but a yes that actually has some integrity about it. Before you offer that yes, you have to first count the cost. So now, let's go ahead and, and thank you that the scriptures are up there. Go ahead. Luke chapter 14, verse 25. If you don't have it, blame Greg. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> all right, I'm going to just go ahead and read you all. Okay, great. A large crowd was following Jesus. A large crowd. Large crowd. Large crowd was following Jesus. And then he turns around and he says to them, if you want to be my disciple, you must, by comparison, hate everyone else. Whoa. Your father, your mother, your wife, your children. I heard some of you men say, well, the wife part is easy. Watch yourself. <laughs> children, brothers, Sisters, he says, yes, even your own life. He says, otherwise, you cannot be my disciples. Jesus is like, whoa, you, 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 this is rough. Because first of all, first of all, you are the, the, the son of God, the one who says that he is love. So how are we going to hate anybody and then still walk in love? Well, I'm glad you asked because I don't want nobody going on TikTok giving up some crazy theology. The word hate is a really bad translation. It's a real poor translation. It's the, the Greek word miseo. And what miseo really means and what it is implying is, is to love someone less. Say this, it's a value word. Y'all didn't say that loud enough. It's a value word. In other words, the word miseo is really saying that you love something, but then you have to love Jesus even more than the thing that you love. So he's not saying that he wants you to hate because after all, the Bible teaches us that to hate is tantamount to murder. He says that if you hate your brother, then you're guilty of murder. So, so the Bible is not contradicting itself. The Bible is, is not in error. We just don't know how to do proper word studies all the time. Okay, and so, and, and by reference, you can go to Matthew chapter 10. Don't go there now, but I'm just saying for those that are taking notes, you can reference Matthew chapter 10, verse 38. It's a proper use of that word. But he says that if you're, not, if you're not at the place where you have come to the reality that I am more valuable than any other person in your life, you're not, you haven't come to the reality that I'm more valuable than any other thing in your life, that, I'm not, that I'm more valuable than any other experience in your life, then you can't truly be my disciple. Now listen, <clears throat> he's not saying that he doesn't want you 
to follow him. He's trying to tell us that unless you get to the place where you value him more than anything, you're going to have a hard time being a disciple of Christ. Let's keep reading because it gets gooder. <laughs> Verse 27, he goes on to say, and if you, if you cannot carry or if you do not carry your own cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. I want you to be my disciple. I want you to follow me. That's what I came to the earth for, for you to follow me. But if you haven't gotten to this place where you understand value and you understand, watch this, the cost, then what's going to happen is you're going to struggle when it comes to being a disciple of Christ. Let's go to verse 28. Because now he says, but don't begin until you now think about it. Let's paint the picture. He's got a big crowd of people. They're watching him feed 5,000. They're watching him feed 4,000. They're watching him raise the dead. They're watching him do all of this stuff. Who wouldn't say yes to that? Who wouldn't say yes when you see him working all kinds of miracles and doing the impossible? You are going to say yes. And what Jesus is doing, he's saying, wait, hold up. Before you get so excited that you say yes, what you need to understand is that this walk comes at a cost. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, this, this, this thing comes at a price. Your yes, in order for your yes to be real, you got, listen, it's got to be worth something. Tell somebody it's got to be worth something. Listen, we all know something about value. We love value. Don't give me something you found on the ground and then give it to me as a gift talking about something. I just wanted to show you how much I appreciate you. Don't do that. Listen, if you, <laughs> if you ain't put some money on that thing or, yeah, I know, well, you know, it's the thought that counts. Listen, miss me with that. If you're going to bless me, bless me. <laughs> right. Ladies, y'all should shout me down because I know you know what I'm talking about. That man bringing you a ring out of a Cracker Jack box. I was just thinking about you, boo. So I'm worth Cracker Jacks? <laughs> so he says, but, but, but don't begin until you count the costs. For who would begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there's enough money to finish it? Translation. Why would you attach yourself to something that does not have inherent value or worth? Why would you attach yourself to something that you haven't really looked, is this cubic zirconia or is this the real thing? So he's saying, no, I, uh, let me say it like this. Jesus is telling me, he said, I don't want you to be moved by the miracles. I don't want you to be moved by the great stuff. Listen, miracles are great. Miracles are wonderful. Uh, seeing all of the miracles that we, that's, that's nice. That's nice. But here's the problem. You've probably realized that miracles are not enough to sustain you. This is why the Bible doesn't say that the just will live by miracles. 
This is why the Bible doesn't say that the just will walk by miracles. Miracles are great, but for the believer, no, I've got to learn how to have faith. Why? Because sometimes faith is working and operating in the most hellacious and the most turmoil or tumultuous times of my life. But I need something that's going to last me, watch this, in the good times and in the bad times. I need something that's going to last me when it's all going right and when it's all going to pieces. I need something that's going to have enough integrity to last me through all the phases of my life. And Jesus is trying to tell them, he's saying, listen, I don't want you to be moved by what you've seen, because if you really want to follow me, you have to know that along with these good times, it's coming some hard times. Most people who have walked away from God, most people who have, who have what we call apostatized or, or backslidden, most people who have done that have done so not because of God's goodness. Watch this. Ready for it? but because they couldn't trace his goodness in the midst of badness. Oh, let me talk about it. Let me talk about it. How do you declare God is good when all you're seeing around you is bad? How do you declare God loves you when everything you see around you is saying the opposite of that? And if you have predicated and built, if you have established your yes on all of the good stuff, then when the bad stuff comes, what's going to happen is your yes is going to, have, is going to be found. Watch this, INSF, insufficient funds. In other words, you didn't have enough in that account to keep you and to sustain you in those hard times. And so next thing you know, you find yourself turning your back a little bit. You don't believe like you used to believe. You don't have faith like you used to have faith, okay? You don't pray like you used to pray. You don't even come to church like you used to come to church. Easily offended now. Somebody say good morning to you the wrong way. Good morning. What's so good about it? <laughs> I'm not talking about nobody in this church. It's because we didn't count the cost. So Jesus, he gives, us, he gives us a caution, and we don't really hear about this in church a lot. He says, listen, uh, before you even begin, before you even, watch this, put your hand to the plow, I need you to think about and take calculation of what you're doing. Because no man who has put hand to the plow and turned back is fit for the kingdom. <clears throat> Fit for the kingdom. Fit for the kingdom. Fit for the kingdom. One of my vocations is I'm a certified personal trainer. And one thing that I understand about being a personal trainer is that a lot of times people have great and grandiose ideas about what they're going to do with their physical bodies. The first of the year is so amazing and amusing to me. Yes. I'm going to lose 30 pounds, amen, in one month, amen. <laughs> You're going to lose a pound a day. Praise the Lord. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm going to just sit back and watch. But it's easy to make boastful claims when you haven't taken inventory of what it takes to actually make that a reality. And so the Lord is saying, 
I want you to be my disciple, but you have to understand something. This thing, it comes at a cost. And what he's, what he's doing is he's establishing the value of who he is. He's establishing the value of, 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 of following him because he's saying that, listen, in order for you to be a, 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 a disciple of his, a follower of his, a real follower of his, then you have to know that this thing is going to come with some sacrifices. You can't hang around everybody you want to hang around with and still be a disciple. I know that sounds basic, right? But listen, you, 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 you have to understand that being a disciple is going to cost you. It's going to cost you some time. How are you going to be a follower and you don't spend time? How are you going to be a follower and you, and you don't? And Jesus, listen, we, we do this all the time. We do this all the time. We don't want to spend time in prayer, but we want God to come when we pray at the very moment that we pray. Yeah, I know that was an ouch. I felt somebody's spirit say, you know, I was liking you up until now. No, we, we, we say we want to know the Lord, but we don't want to spend time to actually get to know the Lord. And, and, and so we want all of the wonderful stuff, or, or here we go, we want the benefits of being a disciple, but we don't want to invest in the benefits. Because we think that it doesn't come at a cost, but it absolutely comes at a cost. Let me show you something else. Let's go to Mark chapter... Um, no, not that one. Let's go to Mark chapter 10, verse 28. Jesus said, I need you to determine, before you even start this thing, I need you to determine whether or not I'm even worth your time. Jesus was just now ministering, and he, he ministers to the, to the people, and he says that it is hard for a rich man to enter into the kingdom. And Peter is sitting back, and I think Peter, I, I think when you read the text, it seems like Peter is, is kind of puffing up his chest a little bit. Like he, he kind of saying, okay, wait, wait, I, I think I got this. Because then he speaks up and he says, listen, we've given up everything to follow you, he says. Now, 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 insert yourself into the narrative. Use your imagination. Jesus just told them, he said, listen, it's almost impossible, uh, uh, apart, from the, uh, apart from the power of God, <clears throat> for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of heaven. And Peter is like, well, I know I'm in, and I know I'm good, because we've given up everything to follow you. But then Jesus goes on to say something. I need you to listen real good, listen, listen real well. In verse 29, he goes on to say, yes, Jesus replied, yes. And I assure you that everyone who has given up house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or property for my sake and for the good news, watch this, watch this, will receive now in return a hundred times as many houses. Hey, everybody's shouting on that one. Uh, you're going to receive as many times brothers and sisters, mothers, children, and property. Everybody's shouting with that one along with persecution. And now everybody stops shouting. Everybody stop shouting. He says, and in the world to come, that person will have eternal life. This is why you have to have value. Can I come down here a little bit? Okay, good, good. This is why you have to have value. This is why Jesus has to be more than a novelty to you. This is why the Lord has to be more than just a quick ticket to heaven for you. This is why it, it, it's going to require you to really examine your yes. And for some of you, even in here now, you're going to have to re-examine your yes. You're going to have to, to go back and rediscover the why of your yes. Why did I say yes in the first place? Because along with any contract comes this little thing called the fine print. 
And, 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 and the hard part about a fine print is that once you've signed on the dotted line, it's hard to, to, to pay down that installment. <laughs> Jesus says, he says, you're going to receive all of this stuff. There's nothing that you've given up that you're not going to get in return. So if he's caused you to relocate, guess what? Your relocation is going to be blessed. If he's caused you to step away from some people, guess what? On the other side, there's some people that's more better for you. Yes, bad English, but you get it. If he's caused you to leave some regions, there's something better for you. But look what he says. All of that still comes with persecution. And that's where scandalizo offense, stumbling comes in because it's easy to praise you when you're working for me, but it's difficult to praise you when I can't even trace you. Man, let me tell you something. Is that clock right? 11 minutes? Jesus. Now, dad, you told me to take my time, but no. <laughs> We say, we're, we're, we're quick to say yes. I know when, when I started pastoring, I never wanted to be a pastor. I was not one of those people to say, you know, I'm going to go start my own church. I got tricked into it. I got tricked into it. I am a teacher. <clears throat> that is my gifting. I am a teacher. If I know anything about any subject without you even asking me, I don't need your permission. I'm going to tell you what I know about that subject and help you to understand it. I'm going to break it down. And I'm going to help you understand it. <clears throat> I'm a child of Dr. Hart Ramsey. I was teaching Bible studies. Some people were in the group. They didn't have a, a church anymore. They had, you know, left their church or whatever. And, and I had just returned back to the island. And, and, and these people needed, you know, somebody to help them. They loved God. They wanted to know the word, but they didn't know anywhere to go. So I said, well, I ain't doing nothing. I'll go ahead and do the Bible. So it's, it's, we got a little deal going on. I teach you the Bible. Y'all show up. It's all good. Well, five people turned into 10 people, 10 people turned into 20 people, 20 people turned into 30 people. After six buildings getting kicked out of, I said, wait a minute, something ain't right here. Because you're not supposed to be looking for no building when you're just doing Bible studies. And I had an uncle, you know, old folks, they, they tend to be very, very wise. And they say, uh, he says, wait, now nephew, you say you're not pastoring. No, sir, I'm not pastoring. Nope, I'm just doing Bible studies. He say, but you do it every week. Yes, sir, I do it every week. And people come every week. Yes, sir, they, they come every week. But it's not a church. No, sir, it's not a church. It is a Bible study. What part of Bible study are you not understanding, sir? Until one day I realized, who are you trying to fool? <laughs> you a whole pastor. So I thought I was going to be smart. I let somebody pray one day. And I said, Lord, I'm never calling myself a pastor. I'm not doing that because that's not what I'm doing. That's not what we're doing. And I let somebody pray. And they prayed that, that weekend. And they said, Lord, we just thank you for Pastor Jordan. So now here's the thing. When that happened, my heart settled into it. And I said, yes. But here's the thing. I said yes to 
teaching on Sundays. I said yes to helping people through life. I said yes to, to helping people uh, uh, learn more about Christ. I said yes to all of that. But what I did not know that I was also saying yes to is that the same people that I've helped and paid their mortgage is the same people that would one day drag your name in the mud. No, 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 y'all, you listen, listen, yeah, listen. I said yes to being able to lead people and help people worship God, but I didn't know that I was saying yes to you all up in my business and scrutinizing everything that's going on, and if I do something right, then I'm the next tabloid. No, no, I didn't agree to that, and Jesus says, but yes, you did. No, 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 I agreed to being able to do all of this stuff in your name, but I didn't agree to that. And the Lord says, but yes, you did. No, I didn't. I did this. I said yes to this. And he says, but son, along with that comes the persecution. Along with all of this stuff you're saying yes to, you're going to receive that and greater. Listen, Ephesians 3.20 is still working now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you ask or think. That's coming, but along with it is this thing called a fine print. When you bought that iPhone, did you read the fine print? We own iPhone 1500. And you've had 1,300 of the 1,500. And you have not read the fine print of any of those contracts. You get new devices, you get new technology, you get new stuff all the time that comes with this thing that says, fill in the box. You try to uh, ignore it and you try to scroll past it and it says, but you didn't click on that box. You know why it's telling you that? It's saying that there's some, there's some fine print in there that you really need to know, but we know you ain't going to take the time to actually read it. Because once you said yes, it's too late. Jesus is telling us, he's saying, what I need you to do is I need you to understand that before you really, 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 really say yes to this, I want you to say yes. Because there's blessings in the yes. Let me, let me pause for a call. Okay, got six minutes. Everything you desire from the Lord, finances, purpose, ministry, life, health, whatever you're believing from the Lord comes from your yes. Everything. But what you have to understand that it, with that yes also comes the hardships with it. I went to a whole Bible school, went to a whole seminary, and nobody told me how people would turn their backs on you. But then that begs the question then, why on earth, knowing that, would I say yes? Are the benefits that great that I will forego all of the hardships and all of the disappointment and all of the pain and all of that? Are the benefits that great? Probably not. Oh, caught you, didn't I? <laughs> no, no, no. You know why? Because we don't do this for the stuff. People who join themselves to Christ, people who uh, receive Christ simply for the stuff, don't really last so long. Because it's one thing to be saved, but it's another thing to be a disciple. You know, you can be saved and not be a, a disciple. Did you know that? 
See, salvation is just the result of you believing in the gospel. Discipleship is the result of you actually saying yes and committing to it. So we can't get enamored with the stuff, but there's something else. We have to get enamored, watch this, what Jesus started with in the first place. In other words, do you love me? Do you love me more? Do you love me enough that when they talk about you behind the closed doors, you cry to me, you come to me, and you still love me, but your yes is still solidified in me so that I can change them and work with you all at the same time? No, it's not about I go to NCC because I love NCC because the pastors are great. And guess what? We are. <laughs> Did y'all catch that? We? <laughs> okay. Anyway. <laughs> no, no, no. It's not just because of that. It's because that's where I sense Jesus. That's where I sense his heart. That's where I learn more about him. That's where I fall more and more in love with him. It's not about the stuff. It's about him. That's the place where I meet him and I can sense him and he can heal me and he can work with me. So that way I value him to the, to the place that when the, the persecution comes, instead of me retaliating horizontally, I go vertical. And I have a, I have a moment of, though he slayed me, Yet will I trust him. The strength of your yes is found in the value that you have for Christ. Write that down, please. The strength of your yes is found in the value that you have towards Christ. The strength of your yes, for your yes to be resilient, for your yes to have integrity, for your yes to be able to stand the, the, the trials and, and, and the, the storms and the vicissitudes of life. In order for your yes to remain, it comes by knowing that your value and your love for Christ is what's sustaining you. I got two minutes, so we'll go ahead and we'll get a musician up here. I'm, I'm going to obey protocol. Please. I want to I give you this. You can write this down. I don't have the time to give it to you all. But in John chapter 16, verse 33, Jesus, he basically says, I have told you this so that uh, you may have peace, uh, my peace in you. He says, here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. That's coming with it. Hey, it's, it is. But take heart because I have overcome the world. Acts chapter 14, verse 22. And they, they strengthened the believers and they encouraged them to continue in the faith, reminding them that we must suffer many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. Beloved, I got good news and I got bad news for you. That Jesus is with you always. That's the great news. But that always includes the bad times. And as a believer, you're going to have some very hard times. But I don't receive that. You need to listen. That's not a public, that's not a declaration of faith, sweetheart. That's Bible. But if your yes is strengthened, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, please. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 13. It's one of my favorite scriptures. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 13. He says, if, we see, if it seems that we are crazy, it is to bring glory to God. And if we are in our right minds, it is for your benefit. Verse 14. Either way, watch this. Christ's love controls us. 
Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old self. Before I go on, think about this. Think about how many times you wanted to give up. And I'm testing your yes even as we speak right now. Think about how many times you wanted to quit. Think about how many times you wanted to turn your back. Think about how many times you wanted to throw in the towel. But there was something on the inside of you tugging on your heart that says, yeah, but I can't let go right now. I'm crying, but I can't let go right now. I want to let go, but there's something on the inside of me saying that don't just go a little bit further. Go a little bit further. That is the love of Christ in your heart. That's really what you're saying yes to. You're not saying yes to the stuff. You're saying yes to his love. Yes, Lord, I receive your love. I will follow you. And even if I have to walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. You have that in the message Bible? I, I like the message Bible. We like the message Bible back home. We call this the ghetto Bible. Don't judge us. Christ's love has moved me to such extremes. His love has the first and last word in everything we do. Our firm decision is to work from this focus center. One man died for everyone. That puts everyone in the same boat. Last one, the Passion Translation. Pastor turned me on to this one. For it is Christ's love that fuels our passion and motivates us because we are absolutely convinced that he has given his life for all. Uh-oh, wait a minute. He's given his life. He, oh, wait a minute, hold on. He's given his life. So then, is it possible then my yes is just maybe a remuneration for the life that he gave? In other words, David says, what shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefits towards me? What, what can I give back to the Lord? What can I give back to him for forgiving me for my sins? What can I give back to the Lord for the grace that I receive? What can I give back to him for the salvation that I have? And all he asks for is just a yes. Yes to what? Yes to what? Yes to everything. Last scripture, I believe, because we got to go. John chapter 21, verse 15. Now, NCC Safe Harbor. We have work to do. I'm going to count that to y'all just listening. Let me say it over here. NCC Safe Harbor. We have lots of work to do. discovered now I know I look a little young but let's just put it to you like this I'm much closer to 50 than I am 40 but in my mind I'm only 26 plus to give or take a few but I've learned in my in my in my lifetime I've learned that when it seems like all is failing, more often than not, it's actually God doing a dissective work 
shifting pieces, moving things like a great puzzle master so that he can bring it all together again and make it. Listen, the Bible says the very last scripture of, the, of our Bible, Revelation chapter 21, verse 5, it says of Jesus, it says, behold, I make all things new. And one of the beautiful things about salvation, we, yeah, we love salvation because we, one day we're going to heaven. You know, we, when we all get to heaven, right? We, we love that. But there's, a, there's another part about salvation that we don't really teach a lot on. And that is the fact that salvation, one of the family words that comes from that is salvaging. So what God does is instead of destroying the world, destroying the planet all together, he says, no, I'm looking for the pieces that I can salvage so that I can make something even greater on the... Are y'all hearing me? And so what he is telling you, he's telling, God is telling you, he said, I need your yes. But I want your yes to be so strong that when the devil and the enemy tries to bring up the persecution and when the enemy tries to bring up this stuff against you, your yes will remain because it has been strengthened. The why of your yes is I am not here to be seen by nobody but I am here to serve my God. Now, listen what he says in, in, in John 21. After breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Value. Do you value me more than these? Do you love me more than, because Peter was boasting, I love you more than anybody, and if I have to go to death with you, I will, and turned his back on Jesus when it got too hot. So Jesus comes to him, doesn't throw him away. That's what I love about the Lord. The Lord didn't throw me away. You should love that about the Lord. The Lord didn't throw you away. And you know you got some throwaway moments. Ooh, y'all better repent. We got some moments where the Lord should have thrown us away because people threw us away. And low-key, we threw ourselves away. And the same time we try to throw ourselves away, the Lord says, no, 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 I'm not done with you yet. Why do you think I'm standing in this pulpit right now? Because the Lord says, I'm not done with you yet. No, 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 you ain't dead yet. I haven't called you home yet. You still got work to do. And so he says, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord Peter replied. You know I love you. Well, the proof of your love for me is found in your service to me. Write this down. Love is the motivation and the reason of your service. I serve because I love my Christ. And because I know that the most important thing to my Christ is his people, then I serve them. He goes on, verse 15 or 16 rather. He said, Jesus repeated the question a second time. Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said. You know I love you. Then take care of my sheep. This ain't just for the pulpit. This is not just for the pulpit. All the pieces of the puzzle matter. Keep going, one last one. He said the third time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was hurt, getting offended that Jesus questioned him a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus says, well, then don't shout it. Just feed my sheep. We need you. 
We need you. What God has for this house and Dothan and, and consequently everything, I'm just concerned right now about everything that Dr. Ramsey touches and that Pastor Ray is over and that I'm a part of is because I believe in the God I serve and I believe in the work that he's doing through his man of God. But I know it takes all of us. It takes all of us. So I need you to stand with me real quick as I close. Isaiah comes to mind and I'm hearing him in my heart right now. And I'm hearing the Lord tell Isaiah, remember not the former things. Woo, I feel it. I feel it. Neither consider the things of old. For behold, I do a new thing. Somebody shout new thing. Now it shall spring forward. That should encourage you and challenge you to check your why. Why did you say yes? Because the music was good? It's good, it's great. Because the teaching was good? It's good, it's great. But that's not enough. Your why has to be, I am doing this because I know this is where God has called me. I'm a follower of his. I'm a disciple of his and wherever he tells me to go that's where I'm going and I'm going to serve to the glory of God my father so while every head is bowed and every eye is closed in prayer I want to just lead to this part I want you to search even right now and say you know what is the Lord Jesus worth my yes is the Lord Jesus worth my yes? Worth me willing to get my hands dirty and be utilized in his work? Is the Lord worth it to me? Is he valuable to me? Is the work he's doing in the earth worth it to me? Because I understand that he needs my hands in the work. So Father, I just thank you right now that as you are dealing with people's hearts, that as you are dealing with people's minds and that as you are even right now through the Holy Spirit I believe you've been speaking to people I believe that you've been working in people's hearts even right now some have already said yes and some are, are, are saying I've said yes but you know what today I'm deciding that I'm going to not only re-examine my yes but I'm going to I'm going to recommit my yes I'm going to recommit my yes I am right now recommitting my yes why because you've been too good yes I'm recommitting because you've been too merciful yes I'm recommitting because your love compels me I love you too much to say no so I'm recommitting to you right now, Father. And I thank you that in the name of Jesus, that, Father, they will not only just say that in their heart, but they'll actually act on it right now in the name. So just do me a favor. Lift up your hands. Lift up your hands if that's you. And you just say, Lord, I recommit right now. I say yes. I say yes. Whatever you ask of me, Lord, I say yes. Whatever you have for me, I say yes. Whatever you desire for me, Lord, I say yes. In Jesus' name.
We pray that today's message was a blessing. We would love for you to worship with us at either campus, NCC Dothan or NCC Safe Harbor in Montgomery. If you desire to support us, there is a link in the description that will allow you to do so. Your support helps us to reach people around the world. If you cannot support financially, you can subscribe and leave a five-star rating, which helps with visibility. You can also follow us at NCC Social across all of the social spaces. Until next time, this is the podcast of Northview Christian Church.